The Chaser Report is recorded on Gadigal land. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report for the best of summer 2023. I am Lachlan Hodson and joining you shortly will be Charles Firth, Dom Knight and Ronnie Salt. Uh, We're going to be continuing our replaying of the best interviews of 2022 over the course of January, and we'll be joining everyone back with the regular podcast in February. However, for now, what we've got on the show is the first ever time that Ronnie Salt, the spectacular Ronnie Salt, was on the podcast. Uh, And it was also that time that uh, we found out a certain prime minister, Scott Morrison, had decided to swear himself in to multiple different ministries. Now, if there's anything we know about Scott Morrison, it's that he did like to play dress up. He dressed up as a football player, a tradie, a barber. There was that time he went welding. Uh, In fact, I'm pretty sure the only thing Scott Morrison didn't dress up as was a Nazi on his 21st birthday. Same can't be said for Dom Perrette, and I, for one, cannot wait to see that photo. What a bloody idiot. Uh, okay, we're going to kick on with the podcast. Enjoy. Here's Ronnie Charles and Dommy. Dom Knight and Charles Firth here with you. And uh, big news on the Scott Morrison front. So much to catch up on, and we're very lucky. We're, for the first time ever on the Chase Report, we have a very special guest, Ronnie Salt, who's probably one of the biggest people on Twitter in Australia. She has her ear to the ground 24-7 in hashtag Ozpol. And happens to also be a columnist for our sister publication, The Shot. Uh, we're going to talk to her all about Scott Morrison straight after this. Now, hang on, Charles. Can I just clarify, because I haven't met Ronnie before. Yeah. Is this Ronnie Salt or is this Scott Morrison in the role oh, of Ronnie Salt? Shit. Can yes. you just check that out? Because it could be yeah. a bit awkward. That's right. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. None of the medical advice contained in the Chaser Report should legally be considered medical advice. The Chaser Report. If you don't want ads like that, go to chaser.com.au slash podcast and pay us nine bucks a month for the ad-free version, which now works, by the way. An amazing new idea in the world of podcasting. <laughs> Ronnie Salt, welcome to the Chaser Report. Oh, look, thank you for having me. Now, how lucky are you feeling to have had Scott Morrison as Prime Minister making big decisions, brave decisions in the national interest with the legal advice of Christian Porter to back him up? Well, look, I didn't know how lucky we were. Did you? I mean, no, it was it was kept secret from me for my protection. Can't our lucky stars? I think he's given a new meaning to the word paternalism. It's all done for our good. Oh, it's so we were we're all Jenny and the girls. <laughs> Australia is the girls in this scenario. Just leave it to Dada, <laughs> Dada Scott. <laughs> exactly, Dom. And I think he's always look. Scott has always enjoyed positioning himself as Australia's father. Mm. So, so it probably goes in line with that sort of attitude. I think it's much more likely that. Barnaby Joyce is our father, isn't it, on average? <laughs> Depends what sort of an upbringing you've had. <laughs> but it, it's such a weird – we were discussing it earlier in the week. It's such a weird thing 
to do because because some people have sort of said, oh, it's a tin pot dictatorship type thing. It's a you know despotic grasp for power, right? And you know you can sort of see like it is something that is done in those sort of tin pot dictatorships, but to me it does feel like. It's more like he wasn't actually doing it to exercise any powers because he never did that anyway, even as Prime Minister. It's more like he was collecting the set. Like he was, mm. a, he was a little kid in the lolly shop. Christian Porter said to him, oh, yeah, you can get the health ministry. And then he, without telling Christian Porter, then went away. And Hang on, did Christian Porter not even know that he'd appointed himself? Not even Christian Porter knew. Wow. Yes, and then Christian Porter had a portfolio that he stole from him secretly. How? Because there were four different sort yeah. of industry and science oh, no, ministers. We, no, but he never he never stole Attorney General, did he? No, but industry and science, Christian oh, Porter Oh, industry was science, yeah, yeah. How yeah. bizarre. So, look, I've always found that with things like this, once you've popped, you can never stop, right? Yeah. Once you've done the first secret shadow ministry... I mean, it, the rest is just, you can't begin it. You yeah. finish the bottom of the chip packet. It's like a gateway crime, isn't it? Mm. He, he probably, look, I agree with Charles, so I don't think he went and got one of those, you know, those lovely Russian dictators, massive hats, military hats. That oh, they yes. Use. I don't think he measured himself up for one of those or got a little sort of, you know, allowed some room for the military procession or what have you. <laughs> well, it was the only silly hat he didn't wear during the campaign, actually, the, <laughs> yeah, the, right. the Russian guard hat. <laughs> God knows what he's got in his wardrobe, but I don't know whether he actually went and did that. But, yeah, look, a lot of it sort of so much about um, Scott Morrison that has sort of been left untouched. Mm. You know, we're not allowed to uh, we're not allowed to talk about this and we're not allowed to talk about that. But it it very, very much plays into I don't know whether I would talk about use the word sinister, mm. but it certainly plays into something that I've often spoken about, which is Scotty the saviour complex. Mm. He very much sees himself as somebody who has been um, uh, spoken to by God. Yeah. And haven't we all at some stage, you know, uh, you know, been spoken to by God through eagle paintings or, you know, garden gnomes or what have you? Can we explain the eagle painting? Because for those who haven't seen that, that's a it's a fascinating little moment what's, in the psychology. What's of, the um, eagle painting? Uh, was it, I think it was in Sean Kelly's book, The Game, that mm. uh, this was revealed. Yeah. Ronnie, can you yeah. run us through the eagle painting? Yeah, it actually turned out to be a photo. And, and so I oh, have to correct okay. myself. Yeah. So we'll call it an eagle picture. And I can't recall who it was, but he went into a, a south coast of New South Wales um, tourist shop mm. and he saw an eagle picture on the wall, a large framed eagle picture, which you can buy online for $1,495 if you're so inclined. I'll do it right now. And he looked at this eagle picture in amongst, you know, the assorted snow globes and various sort of tourist ephemera and at that moment, God spoke to him mm. and he said, you know, I need a sign, God, I need a sign. Now, I'm not quite sure how it happened in his head. Mm. The shopkeeper themselves were a little bit alarmed that the eagle picture started talking. I don't know. Whether <laughs> the stigmata started leaking out of the eagle's eyes. Mm. Nobody knows. But according to Scott Morrison, because he was the only person present apart from God and the eagle, mm. Uh, God spoke to him and told him to run as Prime Minister and to keep going. And wow. Scott thanked God for telling yeah. him that. It wouldn't well, have occurred to him before, would it? I mean, Scott Morrison's not the kind of man who would have put himself forward for the position of Prime Minister otherwise. <laughs> so, That's his justification. So what you're saying is that it was God who, by saying, and keep running, yes, what he meant was 
and appoint yourself health minister and appoint yourself oh, minister for science. Keep appointing yourself. Yeah, keep appointing yourself. Well, to be fair, look, yeah. this is all makes sense because I don't know how well you know your Christian theology, Charles, but mm. God is at the same time mm. God the Father, God the Son, yes. and God the Holy Spirit. He's like Scott Morrison of gods. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's got he has, all the positions. He's three in one. <laughs> but although Scott Morrison has more five. jobs than He's God. got five. The contradictory Holy Trinity. Yeah. Oh, look, I think I think his omniscience is. <laughs> I think it's been underrated. Mm. But it, there's a, there's there is in that rather I don't I, I, I can't think of a word for it bizarre mm. sort of tale of um, the Prime Minister believing that he was sort of spoken to through an eagle painting. There is a little thread that you can pull out of that mm. and pull into the the Scott of a thousand ministries. His ministry me shuffle. That where he sort of, um, you know, appointed himself, that is because he genuinely believed that he was saving us all. Scott the saviour. I mean, I, I don't want to be too cynical about his motives here because clearly he's a man of, of great public service. We mm. all know that. <laughs> but um, if you were the kind of, if you were the, someone who wanted to sign from God, wouldn't you just walk around until you saw, like you could walk past one of those shops that sells like Fitzbo posters. Like mm. there, are, if you're looking for a sign, you can find a bumper sticker anywhere. Mm. I mean, admittedly, yeah. it was, it's pretty unlikely to walk into a junk shop on the south coast and not find a picture of, you know, dogs playing poker or something. <laughs> but if you're the kind of person who wants a sign, it can be anything. It can be someone in a McDonald's drive through giving you a, a, a chip packet in no, the shape of the Virgin but, Mary. I don't know. But, Dom, um, this happened. <laughs> like you're, you're, you're sort of assuming that Morrison's lying. And I'm no, not assuming that, it was, yes, that he's lying. You I'm are. saying you're, if you're looking, if you're the kind of person who wants to find a oh, sign, see, you go right. through your yeah. day... Yeah. And like I'm looking at the desk in yes. front of me. Oh, I can yes. see a eucalyptus spray antiseptic that we use to clean the studio. Oh, that means that God wants me to clean up Australia. And, and that totally explains it because when he saw the letter from Christian Porter saying, you can appoint yourself to be any minister that you want, he took it as a sign that God wanted him to mm. appoint himself as any minister that he wanted. Mm. I mm. get it. Well, what is God's position on this? He hasn't. We've heard from mm. the GG. We've heard from Morris. We haven't heard from God yet, Ronnie. Oh, but look, I'm just surprised he didn't get Jesus on his toast. Mm. The people who do that and then sell it on eBay That's as a little true. bit of a sideline or we, something. We should send an intern down to the south coast of New South Wales <laughs> Find the eagle and get the eagle to talk to the intern about what, what happens next. I mean, it's a good question as to whether or not the eagle it's the eagle's fault and the eagle should take some part of the responsibility yes, for that's right. the disaster that happened. It's not Scott Morrison's fault anyway. It's the eagle. Mm. Well, let's get on to that, though, because the press conference yesterday, yeah. uh, this, is the, this is the news that we're kind of the breaking news. Mm. He gave a press conference. When I saw the note pop up saying, you know, Prime Ministerial Press Conference 1215 Commonwealth Parliamentary Offices. Yeah. I thought he was going to quit. I thought he was, because he's just registered a new company. Yeah. Um, I thought he was going to say, look, I realise people aren't happy with this. I'm just going to go and, because isn't he going to mm. quit anyway? I mean, this is just, why is he hanging on to a job that, oh, he doesn't have to do anything and he gets paid a <laughs> parliamentary salary? Right. Okay. He could be there, you know, for, out of the goodness of his heart, mm. helping the people of Cook. Perhaps he's working out the local pedestrian crossing, you know, for a downtown primary school. But he, but he said he's not involved day to day anymore. In politics. No. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which is an odd <laughs> definition of the job of a member of the House of Representatives. Perhaps he just likes the coffee in the parliamentary offices or the sweets or something. Mm. Yeah. I mean, people are so cynical about him. I've got, I, I, <laughs> 
Who would know with Scott? I was told by one of my sources and actually told independently from two of my sources within the Liberal Party that Scott Morrison was assertively seeking uh, board positions, one corporate and one charity. Mm, There's a story about the NRL board, wasn't there, which got... um, Yes, yes, which which he he admitted to uh, sort of having a discussion about it but said it was pub talk. Mm, so, right. um, you know, I don't know what that is, but anyway, it was pub talk, whether he spoke in the pub or not. But he's sort of uh, he's sort of wandering around having a little bit of a flick at the car doors, mm. you know, a little bit of a flick at the car doors to see which car door will open for him. You don't jump without a gig to go to, do that. would be foolish. Yeah. That'd be, right. Barilaro <laughs> wouldn't do that. And it's not as easy when you're Prime Minister when you just appoint yourself to whatever board <laughs> yeah, you want. True. Why didn't he appoint himself to a retirement <laughs> job when he saw what the polls were saying? <laughs> I'm just wondering in terms of stunts, Charles, you were mm. talking about going and visiting the Eagle. Mm. Should the Eagle go to Scott Morrison yes. to subtly suggest so, that it's time to... Stop running. To quit. <laughs> that might, might be time for a second appearance. What do you listen, do you think, Ronnie, if the Eagle popped up? Maybe a different photo of the Eagle, like roosting and just sort of mm. having a bit well, of a chill, taking it... Yeah, look- Pension. Interesting. We could try it. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in, fa- in the fact that uh, whether he took the eagle painting with him, because um, those who uh, watch Scott Morrison closely throughout his prime ministership, and I'm not sure if actually there were that many, really. It turns out, including <laughs> Scott Morrison, some some would say, <laughs> <laughs> including Scott Morrison. But um, after the story of the eagle painting came out, uh, the, he had uh, he had a personal photographer. Um, and I won't mention the personal photographer's name because it was just a man doing his job. Uh, but he had the, the personal photographer had an Instagram page, which I used to go to regularly and have a look. And I noticed that after the story of the eagle came out and, you know, this sort of justification of him being prime minister, Scott Morrison, whenever he was in his office in parliament, his prime minister office in parliament, would always make sure that the eagle picture was in the background. Clearly, oh. he purchased that brought it with him, and there's, I think there's about probably four or five or six of those of the particular photos where he's positioned, mm. and in some cases, I don't know how the photographer got the shot. He must have been, you know, sitting in a drawer or something so that we could get the photo of the eagle in. It's very pointed, mm. very pointed. So I don't know where it is now. Perhaps Jen's got it. I would like to think that the eagle as a sort of permit, because we don't have a good way of commemorating prime ministers in Australia. In America, mm. they've got the presidential libraries. It's mm. a really nice thing. I think maybe we should arrange for that eagle um, uh, poster to be framed in perpetuity at the site that I guess most of us associate with Scott Morrison, which is Engadine Mackey's. Can you imagine <laughs> if you went there for, a, for yes. a junior burger and you look at the eagle and you think to yourself, that's the eagle that told Scott Morrison <laughs> to, to run. run. Not to the toilet <laughs> quickly, <laughs> but to run well, for the office. Who knows? It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> maybe there was a message that he got that day yeah, that he needed yeah. to run very quickly. Yeah, you, you must get the run. <laughs> run, Scott, <laughs> run. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today... We're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. 
The Chaser Report. Less news, more often. The thing that I don't understand at this point about the story is why, as we mentioned, all the other portfolios. Because, I mean, I, I'm of the view that the health minister thing actually did make sense, right? There were all these powers that, that were delegated only to the health minister that could basically order anybody to do anything to stop COVID, mm. not reviewed by parliament. And if he had been in intensive care with COVID, uh, like... Then the you need someone else to issue the orders. Yeah, the, you'd then head to the Governor-General and get yourself appointed health, health minister at that point. Yeah. And tell yeah. the public. As, as normally happens mm. all the time when ministers get sick. You don't go, oh, dear, we need to have a backup minister because cause there's a whole lot of laws where the whole thing of saying only the health minister gets to do that is so mm. that there's a single point of responsibility the fact that you have two health ministers means suddenly this question around, well, whose responsibility oh, was it Charles, really? The one, for years it's you've been, you've been criticising Scott Morrison for not taking responsibility for years. And the one mm. time <laughs> he tries to take on extra responsibilities, you're going to criticise him. But no, look, I, I can see like, in the interest of quick decision making, I can actually, because they did shut down the borders immediately. They did do all this stuff immediately. I kind of get that. I mean, you, you're questioning it. Fair enough. Mm. But... What about the others? Why did he need to take on all those other jobs? I mean, the immigration minister has, has gets to rule personally over whether people come in and out of the country. He was immigration minister at one point, wasn't mm. he? Or home affairs. Home affairs, yeah. Yeah. So mm. it, I don't understand what was going on with the others. Do we have any sense of why he thought this was necessary, given that his only defence is crazy times in the pandemic, these things happen. I, I'm just There's no explanation offered at all for anything post the health minister, is there? Nothing he says really adds up. I'm with Charles. I'm with Charles. The, yes, the health minister position is understandable, but I'm 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 going along with Charles and a lot of you know legal scholars have said the same thing. Even when that particular issue happened, then we would have had there would have been a plan B in place. They would have spoken about it in cabinet. Uh, look, if you know, God forbid, anything happens to poor little Greg, he gets you know backed over by a truck or something mm. like that. Um, you know, we've got to have somebody there to back him up with these extraordinary powers. The Minister for Finance, which happened around the same time, I don't understand. I mm. do not understand. I, I, I have my, um, I have my, uh, if you like, my um, suspicions about why it happened. Would Matthias Cormann and Scott Morrison factionally aligned or, were they, or did they not trust each other? They did not trust each other. Right. No. So he, right. he just went, like, surely the simplest explanation is he just went, well, I'm just going to take this role secretly, not tell the finance minister, because I don't trust Matthias. Wasn't Matthias the swing vote who dumped Turnbull and put Morrison that was, in? That was more to do with, I think, political horse trading than mm. anything than, than Matthias actually having an undying devotion to Scott. Yeah, uh, and certainly, you know, the idea that Matthias Cormann was placed in at the OECD uh, was something that Scott Morrison was very happy to do to yeah, get Matthias yeah, out of yeah, Parliament, yeah. kind of thing. But I think there was a lot happening at that time in March of 2020. There was a lot happening in the Department of Finance. A lot there of money was flushing around. Yeah, a lot of but there was the investigation into Brittany Higgins. There were a number of in the Brittany Higgins issue. There were a number of other issues that were flowing through the Ministry of Finance, which um, Scott Morrison might have liked to have backstrapped himself to. Like oh, so he, retrospectively we can blame him for not solving the Brittany Higgins situation for another yep. reason <laughs> other than the being Prime Minister. I am surprised given that he was the Minister for Everything, now that we know how many portfolios he sort of 
um, accumulated like a like a sort of some sort of hoarder, mm. somebody with pathological mm. hoarding problem. I am surprised that he didn't know any. Still didn't know anything. He didn't know anything about anything. Or didn't didn't know a lot but of things. Are you are you implying that because he was minister, there would have been information available to him that he would have otherwise not known? Like is that the idea? I, I, do, I, I don't know. I did speak to somebody yesterday who has spent 30 years, almost 30 years in the Canberra Public Service as a senior public servant, worked both within four ministers and within the public service. And they told me that it would be impossible to know what information Scott Morrison had had access to and what he hadn't. Well, how, how is that possible? I thought the whole point about freedom of information is that sort of ministerial... <laughs> decisions and all those things are fairly transparent. Well, they're meant to be, but you, you don't know. You don't know who's CC'd into what. I mean, you know, you're sort of, we're in uncharted territory here, yeah, aren't we? We're yeah. in very choppy waters. You're talking about a man that decided yes. to sort of anoint himself. Yes. Five separate ministers. I, got mean, I, I think we need, we need an inquiry. Mm. And you know who I think should run the inquiry? <laughs> the Justice Minister, Scott Morrison. Morrison. Yeah. No, I think... I think we should get an eagle in. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about Gatchins? He's got some time on his we hands. Need right. We he, need an investigation. Yes, yes, we need investigations. I Look, you know, who would know why I did it? It's really important too to, uh, I think, delineate, you know, to chunk up his explanation. I don't know if anybody read that sort of rambling Facebook post he gave yesterday. Yeah, oh, no, I didn't. 1,200 <laughs> words. It's the most yeah. we've heard from him in a long it's time. The most to do a day of work. And it just goes to show what happens when you have a prime ministerial office of about 30 or 40, half of whom are media advisors and comms advisors, and suddenly you're a backbencher. Mm, yeah. Only one or two, because he was left to go rogue with that little keyboard, and away he went. He was going to tell us everything. But anyway, I did, despite losing the will to live about halfway through, I did read it from <laughs> beginning to finish. And, 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 and nowhere in it, does he outline the fact that three of the five portfolios that mm. he took on board didn't happen during the alleged emergency mm. that he did? Yeah, in twenty twenty one, they were in April, around about April twenty twenty one, when things were sort of reasonably well in hand. So that doesn't that doesn't wash either. You know, the idea that oh, it, there was an emergency and nobody knew what was going on, and people were running and sticking their heads out of windows and screaming and God knows what else. And Scott was coming in to save the day. That might have washed in the very beginning with the Minister for Health and even with the Minister for Finance, which I don't buy, but still. But what explanation does he have for the other portfolios he took on board? Well, um, it does put a bit of um, sharp relief into the problem with the vaccine rollout, right? Because if you're so busy signing yourself into other roles, mm. organising things like getting enough Pfizer and, and AstraZeneca <laughs> doses, is, it's going to slip your mind. Although as Health Minister, he was also actually responsible <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the Pfizer communications to Greg Hunt that Greg Hunt ignored, basically offering all the doses of Pfizer? Yeah. Well, that should have gone to the other health minister as well <laughs> to be ignored yeah. by a second person. But I think my favourite aspect of all this is is the poetry of the man. And the thing we've got to remember is, uh, and this is a side of him we haven't really seen before, mm. the, the image that he used at the press conference yesterday was quite beautiful. You're standing on the shore after the fact I was steering the ship in the middle of the tempest. Wow, he was the Messiah. So it all comes back to boats. <laughs> I stopped the boats. And it, that just reminds me, if you know that famous Christian poster with the, 
the footsteps. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Lord, yeah. why was there only one yeah. set of footsteps? It was because <laughs> Scott Morrison was shearing the, steering the ship. At but the if there was, if it had all the footsteps, wouldn't there be like ten <laughs> footsteps <laughs> from all the <laughs> ministries that he had? Ten secret footsteps. I'm, I'm confused with all the metaphors. I'm, I'm sorry, I've lost it. I'm confused with the metaphors. He, there was a, a storm. There was a tempest. There was a ship. And there were people people carrying each other on the stand. Who's standing on the shore? Are we the Australian? Oh, I think the eagle. <laughs> Who's standing on the shore? Eagles, seagulls. I mean, are we the seagulls? I don't know. I think I think Scott Morrison's walking around the shore trying to shake everyone's hands. And building a monument to cook on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, so, and, and he's laying on of hands, which he was very oh, famous yes. for. Yes, mm. going around again. Amazing that he didn't deploy himself to the COVID wards, actually, to mm. do that. <laughs> During the, the midst of the crisis, wouldn't that would have been yes. holding the hose, Bef- wouldn't it? Before we have the vaccine, he get could the have faith just gone healer in there. He faith didn't want, healer. To, yes. want to do that. So where does this leave us? It leaves us with Scott Morrison still in parliament. Yeah, what's your prediction? How long, Ronnie, until we uh, we see the back of Scott Morrison, or is he just going to stick in for a while now? Yes. Yes, he's he's part of his part of his uh, DNA is digging his heels in. He's very well known for doing something uh, to be a little bit ornery, um, and the very fact that people are now demanding his resignation is actually, ironically, going to mean that we're going to have to have him there for quite some time mm. because he won't go willingly. I mean, what unless an eagle swoops into Parliament and scoops him up in their tailings and drags him, he's not going to go. Why don't we fake up a letter from the board of, I don't know, Nilex Australia, the yes. manufacturer of hoses, <laughs> saying, Scott Morrison, we've got an offer for you. Yeah. You can be the chairman of the board. You can hold a hose at last. Uh, we sent a few letters yeah. in. He'd quit. Yeah, I he think wouldn't check right. whether they were real. Surely, surely, yeah. If he got a really good position, it, is there some sort of coal company that that would take him in? Like, don't, don't be afraid. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> don't be afraid. That's right. It's coal. It's coal. Don't be afraid. Um, look, I don't, I don't know about a, a fossil fuel company. Mm. Perhaps he's had the offers and knocked them back. Who knows with his image? But he, I would imagine he would be looking for something that was a little bit more in the sort of um, the uh, the religious sector. Oh. Maybe we could mock up a charity like yes. the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence or something mm. and make some sort of, you know, mock global charity and send him, offer him a position oh. Imagine the personnel ad, Messiah wanted, must be able to steer the ship in the middle of the tempest, apply via eagle. Speak in tongues and lay on hands yeah. and all that. You, you can't apply in standard English, you've got to apply in tongues. <laughs> that's that's right. great. Must be able to speak tongues <laughs> yeah, fluently, right. 65 words per minute. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ronnie. Make sure you follow uh, Ronnie Salt on Twitter for all the latest uh, goss. Yes, and her column about Scott Morrison is coming out on the shot, shot.net.au, on Friday. Lovely. Thank you. Thank Our you, Jeff. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Our gears from Road. We're part of the ACAST Creator Network. We'll catch you tomorrow. See ya. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. 
So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.